How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We got Brian Geltziler right now to talk NBA in general with us. And um, he is, of course, Sirius XM NBA, hoopscritic.com. Geltz, great to talk to you. As always, as I watch the uh, watch PJ Tucker make a three pointer to put the Rockets ahead here late in this game, this small ball, this small ball rocket rocket ball is the talk of the NBA right now, Geltz. It sort of is. I mean, listen, it's it, Shawnee. You're gonna have to understand. There's one really important factor with the way the Rockets are playing basketball here, and it's gonna come down to a very simple item: how well they shoot the basketball from three. That's it. That's what it comes down to. So tonight's 15 of 42 right now, which was enough against the Jazz, who didn't shoot it real well, to be able to pull ahead against them late and be able to beat them. But that's what they've reduced their play to. That's what it's going to be. We shoot it well from three, we win. And if we don't, we lose. They've become one-trick ponies. But again, when you are you're making these decisions, and I understand that Mike D'Antoni is talking about fully embracing small ball and all that stuff, and that's all wonderful. But miraculously, this all coincided with having to get under the luxury tax yet again. So, like, the Rockets will spin a lot of this as basketball strategy, as they did last year. And last year, Daryl Morey did a great job. This year, they felt the need to sacrifice Clint Capella's contract to get themselves under the luxury tax. And Broden Covington is making less money. Yet, they, they give a basketball justification for it. But this is... Tillman Fertitta trying to save money and not pay the luxury tax. And in today's era of the NBA, it's extremely difficult to compete for a title if you have an owner that's not willing to go into the tax. Brian Geltziler joining me on CBS Sports Radio. Um, Geltz, do you feel like that the Rockets, that with this style of play, if they're they're committed to this now, are they a are they a better team? Are they a worse team? Are they about the same? Because let's face it, a big part of what they're <laughs> A big part of what the Rockets were before was making threes anyways, right? If they were making threes, they, they typically win. If they were missing them, then it was much more difficult. How do you feel they've – have they gone backwards in your mind, or they, do they have a better chance now? Well, I think they've gone backwards, and, and for a couple reasons. Number one um, – and by the way, the Jazz just hit a three to beat them yep. and win this game. Yep. Um, okay. Um, but they, uh, the Rockets have gone backwards. Um, I, I think that they're not as good a defensive team. I think that a lot of mistakes that were made at times on the perimeter, whether it was by Russell Westbrook or James Harden, were cleaned up nicely by Clint Capella. I think offensively, besides for getting out in transition and running, it's going to be you know a drive and kick out of ISO for threes. There's the whole pick and roll game's gotten lost a little bit because Capella was a big time threat there. Listen, say what you want, you got to find a way to replace 14 rebounds a game, and that's not always that easy to replace that. And, and so. To me, I look at the Rockets, I just don't think they're as good a basketball team as they were. The other thing is this, you know, listen, you have to, some of this was a little bit of a Hail Mary, Sean, and I say that in this respect, okay? Right now in the standings, they're currently in fifth place. You are not going to a final in this conference this year without home court in any series at all. And if you're coming out at a five and it could go chalky, it always does, 
right? You're going to end up having to play every single series without home court advantage. You're on the road the whole time. And if that's going to be what happens, it's going to be really, really difficult for the Rockets to be able to go to a final. I'll say this about the Rockets because of the way they can shoot threes and can heave up and have very talented players in Harden and Westbrook. They could beat anybody in a playoff series, but there's no way this team, this small ball, this style is beating everybody. Brian Geltzeiler joining me on CBS Sports Radio. Geltz, let's look at the Capella side of this. You just mentioned all the things that Capella was able to do for the Rockets. What what does this do, this trade do for Clint Capella, just in terms of, I mean, is he going to be now, uh, is this is this a good move for him to go to Atlanta? Is this, um, you know, is this somewhere where he's going to get kind of lost in Atlanta? What does this move do for his career at this point? He's still a young player. Well, listen, I think he gets a chance to grow with a young team and he'll be kind of the young veteran on this team and, and they need him. Let's face it. I mean, they've had a horrible year this year. The Hawks are 15 and 39. They've been one of the worst teams in the league. And yes, they were without John Collins for 25 games. But if we're being honest about it, they would have stunk if they had John Collins for those 25 games. They have defensive issues. Listen, Trey Young's an exciting young player to watch. He really is a gifted offensive player. Shoney, I wouldn't let him guard my spot on line at the bank. All right, this is one of the worst defensive players that you, we have in the league. So to bring Clint Capella to Atlanta, you need that kind of backline support if you're going to play Trey Young 38 minutes a game. So that so he's going to play a really big role for this team. There's a lot of good young players on this team. It is going to grow. You know, you have Cam Reddish, you have DeAndre Hunter, you have Kevin Herter, obviously Trey Young. It, it's a nice team, it really is, and, and I think they'll get better over time. And Capella will be a guy that'll grow with them. And I, I think this is a good role for him and a good place. I feel badly for him because he went from on a team that was going to be in a playoffs so a team that's going to be in a lottery and that kind of stinks for a player like Capella who's a pretty competitive guy but ultimately he's going to be in a situation now where there's a little bit less pressure on him and I think that young leadership veteran type of role for him with these young guys is going to be a role that he really embraces. Geltz what are you expecting out of Andre Iguodala at this point? Not a ton. I mean listen Andre they needed somebody that had some championship experience and can help support Jimmy Butler with these young guys. Not that Butler's doing a bad job. He's doing a great job. And Iguodala will take some ball handling. He'll defend a tough player at times. He'll, he can has the capability to hit a big shot. But he, he wasn't great last year in the playoffs. He doesn't have a ton left in the tank. I think a lot was made of the Iguodala side of this deal. Jay Crowder's the key guy in that deal, man. He's going to be really good for them. With that said... The thing for Miami that frustrates me a little bit, and it's hard to be frustrated with what a wonderful job Pat Riley and Andy Ellisbrook did getting rid of all these bad contracts. I mean, geez, you were able to bring in Iguodala and Jay Crowder and unload your two worst contracts at Johnson and Waiters. That's nothing short of brilliant. Where I got a little frustrated with them is that they could have had Danilo Gallinari if they were willing to sign him an extra year on an extension. But they're so worried about keeping their powder dry for 2021 to get Giannis onto the Cooper, which is one of the reasons they brought Iguodala and figuring he's pretty good at helping recruit free agents because he helped get Kevin Durant to Golden State. Well, that's all fine. Can we worry more about beating onto Tacumpo than actually <laughs> having him come join you? Because if you put Danilo Gallinari on this team, you are right there with Milwaukee as the best team in that conference. That Gallo is such a good player, Shawnee, and he's he's the prototypical stretch four in today's NBA. He plays both sides. He rebounds. He gets 
hits to the free throw line. He hits threes. He's good defensively. He'll rebound for you. He does so much and would have fit so well on this Miami team with with Butler, with Iguodala, with all of your good young guys. You know, with Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn, he would have been a wonderful fit on this team. But they decided, you know what, we got to go chase off the Kumpo. And listen, when you look at what's happening with Milwaukee, are we convinced Giannis is leaving? Mm-hmm. I think he's probably pretty likely to stay there. I think he'd be kind of nuts to leave that situation in the way they've made him a nest there. So that's where Miami disappointed me a little bit. I'm not expecting a ton of Iguodala, and Crowder will be very good for them. But, geez, they could have had Gallinari if they would have punted on this Giannis dream. And believe me, that's what I think it is, a dream. Well, you, you just answered – you may have answered my question, but I was going to ask you, okay, they, they wouldn't tack a year on for, for Gallo, but they give Iguodala a two-year extension – on his deal when he's 36 years old, is did you just answer my question when you said the reason is to have him there to help recruit Giannis to Miami? Is that why they extended Iguodala? That is, and I think and the, that is, and I think the other thing you have to remember is that the extension for 20 it's it's only a partial guarantee in the second year of that extension. It's not it's a it's a team option the second year, and it's a very small partial guarantee. So in other words, if they actually yes they would like him there to recruit him if they can and if he ends up staying around. But they're not going to exercise that option. They're going to negotiate him into a new deal to use that money to go get Giannis. So you, so they're trying to have him on both fronts. So keep that in mind. What Gallinari wanted was he would have taken a three-year deal with a, with a team option in a third year. Here, what they essentially did with the Heat is make a two-year deal with Iguodala with a team option in the second year. So they can use his cap space on Giannis and then try to use bird rights to sign him over to cap. So that that's kind of the approach that they're trying to use here um, with Iguodala. And I, listen, I just I think again, it's just a little bit of a hail mary, Sean. I really think so. And if you you've got, could could have gotten yourself so much better right now in a conference that I know Milwaukee's looked wonderful, but Milwaukee wasn't great in the playoffs last year, and it could be a little bit wide open there. I I would have gone for it. Brian Geltiler, Sirius XM NBA and hoops critic, joining me. Here on CBS Sports Radio, well, we know one thing: Giannis isn't going to be Geltz as a general manager. What did you think of his All Star, oh. his All Star drafting ability? If I ever like, if I was on a playground and those teams were picked, and and I was on the other side, I think if I was on LeBron's side, I'd be screaming "Do over!" Like it's not fair, right? Right? He got killed. He got killed. And I'm not even sure why or what he was thinking. Like, he, and, and it was almost like LeBron kept laughing. It's like the dumb guys in your fantasy draft. It's like, you know what I mean? It's, it, it, yeah. It's like when you're drafting at four and the two morons of your league are at three and five, and you're looking around going, I can't believe they're leaving these players for me. That's what happened with LeBron and Giannis. Every really good player out there. Dude, he got Kawhi Leonard with the third pick there. I mean, a, a Ben Simmons he was able to get. It was crazy what a poor job Giannis did. And listen, the All-Star game will be fun and all but because of the new format. But, I mean, Jesus, a Giannis got to do a better job. Kelsey, are, you just said it'd be fun. The, the new format that you're referring to is the is the they're, – they're basically playing each quarter as its own – the first three quarters as its own little mini game and then adding up the scores from those and then turning it into first one to a certain score, which involves – the score is going to involve Kobe's jersey number – do you like this format that they're doing here? I, I, as I was reading it, I'm like, this is not very fan-friendly, you know, in terms of understanding it. It's a tad confusing, but they're desperate, man. You know, listen, they introduced this concept of the picking of the teams a couple of years ago in hoping to spur the competition on a little bit. 
And 2018 in L.A. was a fantastic all-star game, really competitive and really exciting and a lot of fun. And last year it went back to the garbage and the nonsense and to the just the dunks and the threes and no one playing any deep, trying even a little bit on defense and having it be more of, you know, a glorified shoot-around. And that's an embarrassment to the league. And, and the players have to take a little more pride in it. So what they decided to do this year is, you know what, is putting some short-term goals out there on the court through the course of this game so players maybe play a little harder into the end of quarters. And and I, I understand it. I get it. You're right. In terms of the rules itself, it's a little confusing and not all that fan-friendly. It'll be very interesting and see how television deals with it and treats it. But nonetheless, they got to do something. Listen, this is a big moneymaker for the league. And let's be frank about it, Shawnee, with what's happening revenue-wise in this league. And it's not even ratings. That's going to come in the next TV deal. Some of the ratings issues, it's the, the, you know, they're missing out on a lot of revenue from China. Cap's going down next year because of that. I mean, that's a big issue in the league right now. They can't afford for All-Star Weekend to die a slow, painful death. They need to make sure they keep juicing this thing and keep a lot of interest in it. Geltz, I, we've only, we only have like 30 or 45 seconds. I'm going to tell you right now what the idea is that's going to save this thing. And I said this last year. If you looked at the, the All-Stars and the years they were all drafted, you could draw a line and you could take the ones that were drafted 2009 and earlier, the ones that were drafted 2010, 2011 and later, put all the young guys on Giannis's team, put all the older guys on LeBron's team, and I'm telling you right now, that game would have juice. I'm telling you right I'm now. In. Yeah. Totally agree. I'm in old school versus young school. I Every year, totally brother. Agree. Yeah. I think it would be perfect. I think it would be fantastic. The other thing is this. I think on All-Star Saturday night, can we get rid of this skills challenge and yeah. put in a some kind of horse tournament where guys are doing trick shots? It's a Bill Simmons, an old Bill Simmons idea for All-Star Saturday night. But they used to do that stuff years ago on CBS with the horse tournaments. It would be tremendous to watch players doing trick shots against each other on All-Star Saturday night. Oh, yeah, I'm down. Guys, have them do a, a horse tournament. It'll take probably about an hour or so. But, boy, would it be fun. Would be fun, no doubt about that. Brian Geltzyler, always fun to talk to you. Hoops Critic, at Hoops Critic on Twitter, Sirius XM NBA. Geltz, great stuff as always. We'll catch up next week. You got it, Tony. Talk to you next week, buddy. Right. Take care. There it is. Brian Geltzyler joining me on the program. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.